Hey everybody, welcome to another week and another episode of Laws and Grace. I'm Laws. I'm Grace. And today we're here with our guest. Lauren. Another Lauren. Let's go. (laughs) Super, super excited to have Lauren here. Lauren is a dear friend of mine. We've been, oh my goodness, friends for over 10 years. And she's one of those friends that you like talk to all day, every day, and you like still can't get enough. So naturally I thought I'd bring her onto our podcast. (laughs) And even if you had enough, you still will hear from me. (laughs) The one that never goes away. (laughs) Those are my my favorite type of friends. But for for reals, I actually really love talking with Lauren. I feel like she always has really good insight, really, like she's really retrospective. Is that the word, word, retrospective? Like, sure. you like think- Sounds good. I don't know if that's the right word I'm going with, but I'm going to go with it. Um, You're just always like, like thinking about things and pondering and then applying it to your life and like your relationships. And I've just always really admired that about that. Myler admired you for that. Wow. It's not even Friday. It's not even even Monday. It's Wednesday. (laughs) Also, I think the word is introspective. Introspective. (laughs) Retrospective. No, retrospective is like, means like from like, the past like they look at things from the past and they apply it so introspective is the word I was thinking of but all the spectives she's so spective this is my spective friend um yeah so I'm super excited to have her here today to talk to us um we're specifically invited her to talk about her home birth um but there's there's a lot and as you know I get to experience on the daily through our friend Marco Polo like you know, conversations yeah. can go all over the place. And I just love to learn what's on her heart and her mind and learn from and with her. So um, just by way of introduction, like I said, Lauren's a good friend of mine. She is a wife and a mom of three boys. She's a total boy mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she is a health enthusiast. Enthusiast. I'm struggling with words today. Um she's always like finding like new recipes and she's always like talking about her workouts and stuff. Like I've, I just, I remember like, Oh my gosh, I have so many fun stories, but, um, and, and she likes to live simply. So they make their own soaps, bread. She looks for foods with clean ingredients. She's always like making something. She's like, I'm making my own yogurt today. My yogurt or gummies. Like, gummies have been our, yeah. lately. Oh, our own gummies. Ooh. Like your own vitamins, right? Is that what you mean by gummies? They're like, like, just like little, I, yeah, like elderberry gelatin gummies. I found the recipe. Well, I created a recipe that the kids actually will eat. And I was like, yes. So we make a batch of elderberry gummies, which is great for your immune system. <laughs> and they're <Okay>. delicious. Nice. <laughs> Could order some from you. I'm a freak. <laughs> I'll send it to you. They're delicious. <laughs> refrigerated yeah boom <laughs> oh we are in for a treat i'm super excited uh lauren is there anything you'd like to add to your bio or just you know getting to know the audience or mm-hmm. let our audience get to know us you i'm struggling <laughs> oh gosh no i think you covered it i just have a i should probably keep this g-rated i have a crazy life and it's awesome <laughs> and my kids keep things never dull. So neither does my husband because he's, I mean, he encourages my exploration for simple living because he just wants to do everything by hand. So can you yeah. explain that a little bit? Like simple living, like how would you 
describe um, that? What does that look gosh, like? I feel like that's such a, a huge range and topic. Um, you can take that as like simple living of just making all of your laundry detergents and your cleaning products and just keeping it very simple. That way it's also cheaper. But then there's a simple living of just not having excess of what you need. I feel like a lot of times we're just like, oh, I need this. I need this. I need this. And I'm realizing after like storing my kids toys in their closet for over a month of being like, you got to listen to earn them back. And they didn't even need them of literally how little you actually need <laughs> in your life um, to really feel satisfied and happy. <laughs> and so I just try to look at our life in a spectrum and be like, where can we scale back? Um, whether it's like not buying a brand new car because we don't want to be in debt, but we're going to live within our means so that we don't have payments, but that functions for our family to, you know, my husband hunting to provide us with meat and hides that he can tan and turn into vests and smell like buckskin, you know, <laughs> it's a great smell. Uh, but because you smoke them over You'll, you'll fire, have a fragrance so. line coming soon. Yeah. A fragrance line of buckskin Hint for of all buckskin. those women who smell it and they're like, mm, and campfire, <laughs> you know, like, mm, hey, <laughs> you smell like buckskin, what's up? So I, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's kind of like a broad, but we just try to simple, simplify what we have. That's I found, really cool. Yeah, I found that like on, when we went out on the road, like we literally narrowed it down to like, you know, like five t-shirts, two pants, like, you know, like, yeah. and it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you really don't need all of that stuff. Like sometimes it's nice. Like you can open your closet. Well, it's nice like, to have options. Like but I in reality, have. you, you grab the same five t-shirts oh, yeah. all week long. Like there's literally a whole rack of clothes, even though I've gotten rid of a bunch that I still I still don't touch because I'm like, oh, I like this one. I like this one. And these are the ones that I wear. So I could literally have five t-shirts and a few long sleeves in my closet and be fine. I have two pairs of jeans. I have one pair of shorts. Like, yeah, I don't know. I say I was in Oregon visiting my family with like a suitcase and then broke my leg. So I've been here twice the amount. Bless you. Plus that I can. <laughs> it's all good. Well, it sucks, <laughs> but it's good. It's fine. Um, and yeah I was like oh it's I mean sometimes I think about clothes back home and I'm like oh I miss those certain things but <laughs> it is like I was like I am living just fine with yeah. uh with your suitcase. A, yeah with a suitcase oh yeah it's, it's funny how little we can live with one of the things like I love talking about when like we have our conversations is you're always like like cleaning supplies of like how to make your own cleaning supplies or like, you know, take a little vinegar and a little lemon juice or whatever. And like, you know, oh, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know, like just things like that, that you don't think about, but it's like, oh yeah, like I'm spending $5 for like a big thing of who knows what, you know, or I can make something and I know exactly what's in it or, you know, like, I don't know. I yeah. just always like love what you, the, all this stuff you're always giving me ideas for. So it's Simply. fun. I'll let you, I'll let you know more on my failures. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And like that did not work at all, but it was a good <laughs> effort. <laughs> But it's fun. Yeah. Lemons, lemons, vinegar, and water in jars. You just, after you use your lemons, just stick them in a jar, fill it up with a little bit of vinegar and a little bit of water, let it sit for two weeks. And then you can use that as like a scrub and it smells like vinegar, lemon, lemon vinegar, however you want to say it. Works pretty decent. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, life hack by Lauren over here. So, <laughs> life hack. <gasps> well, we originally, you know, I, 
I remember, oh my gosh, it's been, I guess it's been over a year now, but you were talking about when you had your, your third son, you were telling me the story of, you know, your home birth and just how, the, how much that impacted you. Um, and even like a year later, like on his birthday, you were talking about, like, I didn't realize how like impactful that was and the things that you're learning about yourself and about yeah. your, your, your family and just all that setup stuff. So let's oh dive in. Tell us, like, I mean, you can pr- provide as much background context or whatever, but let's talk about being a mom to three boys, home birth, Ooh, the whole thing. A whole thing. lot of pee let's and go. a whole lot of penis. <laughs> all the time there's just nudity every day. even in the winter but especially in the summer it's like they're always naked and everywhere I turn there's a penis and I'm like oh gosh I went so long without ever seeing them and now all I see is <laughs> is that allowed is that is that too oh yeah it's anatomically correct you know, yeah, I mean it's factual anything yeah little boys running around peeing on everything yeah a, a johnson or a willie or a peter or some other man's name that ruins it right <laughs> no it's fun I, you're right because i did i messaged you i think i like cried to you on polo when i hit went like the one year mark of my youngest ian um because my sister-in-law sent me a polo because she was there, which I'll get into that, but she sent me a polo because she had caught his first cry when he was born. She was like outside the room. And so she sent it to me and I did not expect to be like emotional, but I just like sobbed because it brought back that whole experience and just everything that I have learned and continue to learn. I don't know. Yeah. So it was literally the hardest thing I've ever done, but it is what I have learned from it and like leading up to it and going through it and after it is insane. Like I would do it all over again. I'm one of those crazy ones. like, let's do it again. Cause that was just powerful, but I never actually thought that I would get to that point, which I guess leads me into my background for that. So (laughs) growing up, I never really thought I would have kids or a lot of kids. It wasn't my plan. And I was like, cool, that's fine. Got married and then ended up with a honeymoon. baby so you know I I was like oh well it's happening and I never really thought through like birth plans obviously and my husband coming from his background he's very everything is natural this is good like his mom had eight kids and I think only one of them was born in a hospital and the rest were either at home or in a birthing center um so completely unmedicated and so he comes from this is like well, yeah, it's natural. Like you, you just do it. I'm like, cool. And so of course, like I I look back, I'm like, wow, I was so naive. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm just going to do it. So like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't do any preparation for my first, like in my mind, I was just like, well, women were created to have babies. And so I'm just going to know what to do and it's going to be fine. And then in the, in the process, when my actual labor started I was like what is going on <laughs> no. like I'm in immense pain I don't know what to do and my body's not dilating and I have no idea and so after 18 hours like and I I went with a midwife with my first because I'm like yeah his mom had all the babies you know unmedicated and so I can do this and my husband's like yeah it's natural and I'm like cool man like it's natural it's gonna be great and then <laughs> 18 hours at home I was like I'm so tired I don't know what's happening I'm still at like not even a two and 
I, I want to go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital and got an epidural and had him. And so didn't succeed with that. We'll call that a failure, but you know what? Failures are a good thing. That's like still the got craze a baby. these days. Yeah, still yeah. a baby. He was fine. I was fine. The doctor was a jerk. So I was like, mm, I don't really want to go this route, but for him, he was like, oh, you're coming in from a, a home birth. And then he just lectured me the whole time while I was trying to oh. push. So I was like, it was a traumatic experience with that. And then they, they come in the room like every 20 minutes, like I just get Amos down and they'd be in the room again. And so it was just like exhausting. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I want to, and then I got pregnant with our second. I'm like, all right we'll do it at a hospital because maybe I just wasn't comfortable at home, right? But, and that way they know I'm coming because maybe they'll be a little bit more friendly instead of being like, here comes another failed home birth <laughs> to our ER, you know, like, check her in. <laughs> um, and so I went with this really nice doctor who was super on board with being unmedicated. And I went into labor. And so we drive down and it's like a half hour away. And they admitted they couldn't admit me because they didn't think I was actually in actual labor and I hadn't dilated at all and so they're like you can go home and so we got home and picked up my oldest and got him to bed and then my water broke like my contractions were getting stronger the, the whole time I was going home and then literally Daniel fell asleep and my water broke and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> my water broke and I couldn't even wake up Daniel he was like dead to the world I almost drove myself to the hospital because he was so tired because we had already drive, driven like an hour round trip and I'm like so I called in and I let them know because she's like okay well I doubt I'm gonna see you but like if you're gonna come in let me know and so I called her and she goes are you sure your water broke and I'm like well it sounded like a water balloon and water like gushed everywhere she's like okay yep I guess you should probably come in <laughs> so I went there and I was really, really wanting to do it unmedicated. Um, but I didn't, I ended up getting another epidural, which I learned, like I, I didn't speak what I needed from Daniel or from the nurses. I didn't say, look, I'm going to come in and I'm probably going to be like, give me that thing, even though I'm terrified of needles, but I need you to say, Hey, let's work together. You can do this. Let's breathe. Let's see if we can just get you comfortable type thing. And so, because I didn't have that, I was just like, give it to me. And then no one said anything. They're like, sure, <laughs> let's go get the anesthesiologist and stick this massive needle in your spine. Like awful, but so great at the same time. So he was born and it was beautiful and he was, yeah, he was fun. And that was a good experience. And so leading up to my third, I was freaking determined. I'm like, I am having a home birth. Like I'm going to prepare every way, mentally, physically, spiritually, like emotionally, I'm going to actually be prepared. So I signed up for a birthing course because I still didn't sign up for a birthing course with my other one. I was like, I didn't learn from my, my mistake. You know, I'm like, okay, we'll do it a second time. It'll be fine because my body will know again. <laughs> it's natural. So <laughs> I signed up for a birthing course and it wasn't the hospital ones because I'll be honest, they're useless, like from everything that I've heard. And like, I did do like an online birthing course through the hospital I guess with Malachi and I was like this told me nothing you know mm -hmm. so I did a birthing course and I decided to write down affirmations to tell myself leading up to labor and during labor because I feel like 
I just needed to be mentally prepared. And my, and my friend, Alex, she made a banner. It's called a birthing banner. And so she took all of my affirmations that I had compiled and printed them out so I could hang them up in our room, which was awesome. really cool. So I could like look up and I'm like, oh, you know, my body is relaxed. Like my body is opening. You know, I am, you know, my mind is stronger than, you know, my whatever. I don't know. I don't remember them, but <laughs> they were good. I thought they were good. Um, and then I practiced meditations as well, just like sitting and being calm and keeping my mind clear while my children ran around me, you know, to be like, I'm going to have to be focused and present in the labor. And so I felt more prepared. And then probably not God. It was just my body. It was just funny. It just like threw me for a loop. So I thought that I went into labor like two different times. Um, and it was funny. I don't know. So <laughs> we had a huge windstorm. This is January, December. It's December. So my sister-in-law came to stay with us to help me out. Like my last two weeks of pregnancy. Um, my mom and my grandpa were sick with COVID. And so my mom couldn't make it here. <clears throat> so my sister-in-law left her five kids, her youngest being just barely one or not even one. I think he's turning one um, to come be with me. And so she helped me out that last week. And I kept thinking like, oh man, I'm going to go into labor while she's here. It's going to be okay. Like she'll be able to help. And then we had this crazy windstorm and we had a power outage for like four days in the middle of winter. And I started having contractions and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. And it's like maybe 50 degrees in the house or not. And I'm like, I can't birth a baby. We have no running water. We have no power and it's freezing. It's winter. So I, and, and it's a home birth, like, <laughs> yeah. And it's a home birth. Like you need like, all these things. Like it's a home birth and I have, no, I have nothing. Like <laughs> oh, I have gosh. nothing to be able <clears throat> to do this. And all the cell phone towers went down. So like not, and like even home lines weren't working because I tried to like contact my sister-in-law. So I left my sister-in-law to go down to my midwife's birthing center. And then we had no phone contact after that because the phones were down and I left her with my two kids and a dog with a power outage. <laughs> like, oh man. Then for yourself, you know, she did awesome. Like they did finger puppets and they got headlamps and they cooked. Yeah, it was good. It was fine. She's a rock star. <laughs> I'm like, see ya, you know? And uh, I tried all the things. They're like, hey, let's progress it. We're going to try this. We're going to try this. And then nothing happened. <laughs> and so the power came back on and I drove home. So you, at that time you were at the birthing center, you mm -hmm. weren't at the house. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at the birthing center and we just stayed a night and like half a day, but I slept. So they're like, yeah, you're not progressing because <laughs> you're, you're sleeping and you're comfortable. So they sent us home and then I thought I was going into labor again and she came out and it didn't progress. And so I'm like, all right, this is never going to happen. It's cool. And so my sister-in-law was meant to go home. And then Sunday I was like, oh yeah, I have a leak. There's a break in my water. And so she extended her flight <laughs> for five days. Um, and then it happened. So, and that was kind of, I don't know, this is like the best part of the whole thing. Not the whole thing. The best part was like meeting him, but like also side note, we didn't find out the gender. So we had no idea what we were having. Um, but so I called my midwife and I was like, okay, it's going to happen at some point. And she's like, all right, well, 
give it like five hours and I'll come, I'll come check you. And I'm like, okay. So we just hung out and it was fine and they were stronger and different. Um, and then my doula stopped by cause she was at the hot springs with her family. And she's like, okay, like you look like you're okay. So I'll probably just drive home and it'll take me about an hour and a half. So she left and about the time that she left, my contractions picked up and my midwife is like, you're in active labor. <laughs> so and I'm like, I don't even know what that means because I didn't experience any of this with my other two kids. Like I, I didn't experience what transition felt like or anything. So I'm like, cool, I'm in active labor. I'm just leaning on a counter breathing, you know, like this is interesting. You know? So, but my doula, all of a sudden there's a knock on the door like 20 minutes later. And my doula was like, I felt like I needed to come back. And my midwife said, yeah, that's probably a good idea because you probably are going to miss what's going to happen. So they just said, all right, let's just, you know, we're just going to hang out. Um, and I had the thought of like, let's have a prayer circle. We're all here together. Um, I'm still partially terrified, even though I felt calm and both my midwife and I mean, I guess everyone I was with were just like really good faith believers. And it was just so powerful. We just got in a circle and we held hands and we each took turns. I didn't pray because I was breathing, but everyone else prayed. And it was like the most powerful moment. You could just feel just the sacredness and just so much comfort and strength just entered the room. And I was like, all right, let's do this. You know, let's see how, how long this one's going to take. My first one was 24 hours. My second one was 36. They usually get cut in half instead of doubling. So I'm hoping we're going to be <laughs> shorter. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it just, it progressed and it was fascinating. Um, apparently I'm an opposite person because everything that you usually do to speed up contractions and dilation did the opposite for me. Like you sit backwards on a toilet and put your head down and it's supposed to increase the contractions, but I stopped having them until I turned sitting frontwards. And my midwife was like, what in the world? And then it's the, a bath or a pool is the midwife's cocktail is what it's known. And it's supposed to essentially calm the pain that comes with the contractions. It increased it fourfold. And I really wanted a water birth. And I was like, I can't like get me out of the tub. Like, and it's awful. So everything that I had hoped and planned for wasn't really working, but I was breathing and it was good. And I had my midwife and my doula just being very encouraging. And my, my good husband, bless him, because he doesn't have a whole lot of words. He doesn't speak a lot. Um, he was there. He was, my, he was my strong and steady with the kiss on the forehead every so often. Uh, which bless him, uh, husbands, they get just, as, just as exhausted as you, um, but in different, <laughs> in different ways, probably more mentally. And it is a long time. Most labors are long. Um, and then I hit my transition and it, I was like, I'm going to push. And then I found out that I had this lip, um, in my uterus. Um, and so I had to switch positions for two contractions each. And this is when I thought I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this because I had to take two contractions on my back and then turn to my left side and then go on my hands and knees and then go on my right side and do it all over again to work the cervical lip because he, well, 
the baby, it was a boy, obviously, but he couldn't get through. Like, <laughs> um, and it was awful. Like I had felt calm, controlled, you know, working through it the whole time. And then I was like, what is happening? This is awful. And then finally they're like, okay, you can push. But then they told me to stop pushing, which was so hard. And that, I don't know if you ever have like done something. And then all of a sudden this phrase gets in your head and you don't really know. It doesn't necessarily mean anything, but you just like attach yourself to this phrase. And the phrase that I attached myself to was, I can't do this. I can't do this. But I like literally did not feel that at all. If that makes sense. It was just like the words that came out of my mouth were like, I can't, I can't do this. And they just laughed. They're like, well, you're going to have to because the baby's coming, you know? And so I pushed and then they're like, stop, stop, stop. Like, you can't push any harder. You have to wait. So then I held my breath and they're like, you can't hold your breath. Like you got to have oxygen for the baby. And so um, finally they're like, okay, you can go. And so I can push. And he came out and he had like the sweetest little cry. And we found out that he was boy. And I was like, that was amazing. And I never want to do it again, but that was amazing. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm like, I would do it again. Cause it was awesome. Cause it was literally the hardest thing mentally that I ever have pushed myself through mentally and physically. Like it is a, it is an ultra marathon. It is not just a marathon or a half marathon. It is rigorous. And I just remember, like, I felt so good. I felt so good. I could like get up and walk after I went and showered, I came back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel awesome. It was just like this great euphoric high. And there's this like cute little perfect bundle just like snuggling up, you know, and it was just incredible. And it was such a cool experience to have his brothers come in and meet him and be at home. Like the midwife left me alone after this. Like she just said, snuggle, do what you want. They went, they went to sleep obviously, cause they're exhausted. Um, and then the, and then his brothers came in and they were so excited and it was just so cool to have them there to come in and be like, Oh, what did you have? Is it a boy or a girl? You know, and then they climb up on the bed and they get all snuggly and it's just so cool to include them in that way. And it's just so peaceful to be at home. It was, it was awesome. Rambled done. <laughs> that is so cool though. I was, I wasn't there for the actual birth, but soon after my friend had a home birth and I just remember like everyone's just chilling in the living room <laughs> and it felt so much more natural. And, you know, her husband was like, you want anything from the fridge? <laughs> just like it all, you know, minus a few key differences. It felt like any other day hanging out with them. Yeah. I'm sure it felt different for her, but, um, and I was like, this is so nice compared to a hospital. Yeah. It's so much nicer. <laughs> Do you feel like there's this like stigma around women who want to have home births? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You get two, I'm sure you get more than two different ones, but you, you, when you talk to people, it's usually one reaction or the other. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. This is dangerous. Like you can't do this at home. Like, what are you thinking? You're not going to have anyone there. Something goes wrong. And then they spiral downhill and they think you're just like this crazy crunchy person who thinks like, I'm just going to birth naturally because we've always had epidurals, 
you know, we've, oh, and, and there's nothing wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with an epidural. Hi, I had two. They were fabulous. You know, the after effects are hard. Um, but it's like, they think it's so foreign, you know, and they think that you're being unsafe, unsafe for you, unsafe for the baby, or you get these people who are just like pro, pro home birth, like, yeah. And I think, I don't know. I think the stigma would be, they just think it's unsafe or they think you're just trying to prove a point because you're going to do it unmedicated. And that makes you more of a woman than someone who has an epidural or a C-section. And I would beg to differ because I don't want to get cut open and be awake for it. You know, I'm like, they're the true heroes. <laughs> like <laughs> they are beasts. They are beasts to be able to have C-sections, you know, like <clears throat> it's interesting. I had a lot of, I had a lot of people be like, what in the world are you thinking? These are all the things that can go wrong. How dare you think about doing this? Why? You know, and, and I, it was hard because my first one, I had told everyone. And then I was so ashamed and embarrassed. And I was like, eh, he's wrapped in the hospital blanket because I couldn't do it, you know? And so this time around, I'd only told a select few people that I plan to do it at home until after um, to not put that pressure on me again. Um, and just to really not have to hear people's opinions because everybody has an opinion about something. <laughs> about everything, it's really. To me, it's like, why do you have an opinion about how I have a baby? Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, it literally yeah. does not impact you. <laughs> it doesn't impact you, it impacts me. It's just like people who have opinions on how you parent. Yeah. That's how true. you eat. And I'm like, you, you know, like I've been told I eat rabbit food and I'm like, you're not eating it. Like, why do you have to give me a hard time about how I choose to fuel my body? Hmm. Doesn't impact you unless I come to visit, I'll bring my own food. <laughs> <laughs> would you say like, so would you say your motivation for the home birth was originally, um, because your mother-in-law and like, that was such like a high, not importance, but like, that was just something that they did. Like, was that kind of your motivation for the home birth or what, what oh, was yeah. your, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Cause I was like, well, she did it. Like, she had eight. <laughs> she popped out eight, like, <laughs> yeah. so she can do it. I can do it. And then just, I think a lot of it was, um, I wanted to make my husband proud. I wanted him to be like, look at my wife. She's having a home birth, like not following in his mother's footsteps, but doing what, you know, is truly natural for us to do and doing it like yeah what was it oh go ahead Lauren sorry how was it so the first couple times you said you were just like let's go for it so obviously it worked better the third time I did so, so what do you like what was your experience with that? Like trying to do it, just winging it and then being more prepared? Oh gosh. I, well, I think it, okay. I think <laughs> at a moment, um, it just went from like thinking that I knew my body and my anatomy <clears throat> and thinking that I could do it, even though I was terrified and not actually expressing that I was terrified, which plays a huge role in women's anatomy and your ability to relax, um, to actually educating myself 
<laughs> which I should have done. Like you would think that you would know your body because you're a woman, right? And you're like, well, I'm in my body. I know my body. I know how it's going to work. But to actually educate myself on how the woman's body works and like what other body parts are tied to your pelvis <laughs> Mm-hmm. is fascinating it was helpful like your jaw if your jaw is open it tells your pelvis to open so when you want to dilate you have to relax your jaw they're connected and so that's you know in the birthing course they talked about doing low low tones like if you're gonna make a noise because it's kind of hard not to like you want to drop your jaw and go low because that relaxes it, which then relaxes your pelvic floor, which allows your hips to open. Like it's fascinating. So I think going from being so naive and I say that with love to myself, but it's also, I mean, through my healing process, I have to acknowledge that I was super naive, right? Like I went into it just dumb, like (laughs) just so nonchalant to then have put through the put the work in it, like doing the meditations and taking the birthing course and reading the books and then taking the bits that resonated with me in each of those to then form my affirmations of that gave me strength, um, made all the difference. And I accomplished something that I honestly didn't even think that mentally I was strong enough to do or physically. Like, and it just showed me that my body is, and my mind are far stronger than I give myself credit. Like I have no excuse to not appreciate my body and my mind and my heart for that matter anymore, because shoot, I did it. And it strengthened me and my resolve in so many ways, not just to you know, say, oh, I would do it again. I'd, I'd birth it again just so I could experience it. But like my outlook on life has completely changed because of that experience. I, I, I think it's so interesting because what you said, because it's a combination of like, you have to just, you know, I feel like a lot of women have heard from doctors, like just relax. But like you said, it's like someone has to teach you how to relax Yeah. in order to do it in the most efficient way possible and I think that's often what we're missing as you go to a doctor and they're like relax and you're like I'm freaking out (laughs) how right well I mean look at it with the other phases of your life like when you're angry and someone's like stop being angry like calm down (laughs) well do you calm down or do you like rev it like oh don't you tell me to be angry you know it's your doctor comes in it's like you need to be calm you need to breathe I'm like I'm breathing (laughs) you breathe through this (laughs) you know or like I don't want to breathe I've been breathing through them I don't want to breathe I just want to be in the moment you know like yeah it's so there's so much correlation with that I think it's interesting that like you kind of went into this like at the beginning to make your mother-in-law and your husband proud and then three babies later your experience was such that you, I mean, and I know this because we've talked about this, but, and I'd love to hear you talk more about this, but like at the end of it, like you are so proud of you. Do you know what I mean? Like you didn't need the validation from your mother-in-law or your midwife or your, you know, husband, like you did it. Like, 
Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to hear about a little more of like what you've learned from this experience you've had a little over a year to kind of reflect on it. What has this taught you? Yeah, I think it's interesting because I mean, you and I, Grace, have had conversations about it. And I, I don't think I actually realized how proud I was within myself for accomplishing it until the one year mark, until I, I will get emotional, like until I heard his cries. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was me. And if I end up ever having another one, I'm going to do it for me. I'm not going to look for the validation outwardly, um, even though it's still nice. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's nice to be validated, but like, I think it's okay to have confidence in yourself and be proud in yourself for doing something that is so intimate and is so challenging and is so close to God. Like, it's incredible. I think for me, I've always doubted my ability to like follow through with things. I feel like if I'm honest with myself, I start a lot of things that I don't finish. I mean, yeah, I finished my mission and it was good. I was strong through that, but like, I'll start reading the book. I don't finish. I start trying to do other, you know, like just simple things. And I'm like, oh, I don't finish it. You know, oh, I'm going to start a birthing course. I finished that one. Eh, it was a little bit, I learned two times around. You're like, you should probably finish this little camper, you know, but it was cool that I saw it through. And so my commitment and my focus I learned that literally there's nothing that I can't do. Even when things scare me, even when things arise, like even when my kids are screaming at me, like there's nothing I can't do. I went through the hardest thing of my life and I hope that it will be the only, like the hardest thing in my life for my life. <laughs> Probably not like knock on wood, you know, like, but there's nothing I can't do but there's nothing that I can't do because of the way that I prepared. I honestly do not believe that I would have been able to be successful in my desire and hope to have a home birth if I hadn't put God first, if I hadn't written down, I write my prayers down because my thoughts flow easier on paper. <laughs> like I wrote out a prayer to him of like, this is what I want, but this is what I am so scared about. And this is what I need. And this is what I need you to do you know, to help me feel safe to do this. And if I wouldn't have taken the time to meditate because it's super uncomfortable for me to sit in silence and just breathe and let myself go. And if I wouldn't have made the affirmations and if I wouldn't have expressed, this is what I want to do to my husband. And this is what I need you to do this time around. Not that I got it and that's okay, but I got it in little ways. But if I wouldn't have done all of those things, there's no, there's no way. There's no way. Especially if I, I, I mean, any midwife can, well, that's a loose term. My midwife is fantastic. And she is a beautiful woman of God who prayed with me every meeting that we had. And so I knew going into that that this was going to be spiritual and it was going to be strong and God was going to be present because we had done the preparation and we had invited him in. So. Beautiful. The thought that I have right now is like, I mean, 
all three times, it was the same thing, right? You were birthing a baby, like, you know, like the the process was the same. Um, And every time, obviously the experience was a little different because circumstances are different. Your preparation was different. Um, But the thought that's just circling through my head is like, it really does matter the people that we have around to support us, right? Oh, hundred percent. Like, you know, you talk from your first experience where the doctor was lecturing you about <laughs> why, you know, you shouldn't have done a home birth while you're in labor versus time, you know, the third time you're surrounded by, you know, your midwife, your doula, your, you know, your sister-in-law, your husband, like, you know, your children. Yeah. And like, and, you know, you talked about the prayer circle and like the ability to like come together and pray over this, you know, and feel support and love and, you know, validation through these people, it just changed that whole experience for you. Like, I don't know, that's just, that's the thought. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting how the people that we have supporting us in our times of trial, but even just in our day-to-day life truly impact our ability to get through things. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because I mean, I will tell you now, choose wisely who you have around you because if they're, especially in the birthing process, we're in the birthing, you know, since we're talking about it, but like, if there is anyone that you do not feel comfortable around, you do not owe it to them. Even if they want to be there, whether you're at home or in the hospital, you do not owe it to them to let them be there because they want to. If they make you uncomfortable, if they annoy you, if they are not a safe space, you have a hundred percent right to be like, wow, I really appreciate the fact that you want to be here for this event. But no, because I'm going to honor me and I'm going to make this how I want it to be. And I want to be in a place that I feel safe and comfortable, like release everything and know what you want, like sit with yourself and be like, what do I want? What am I going to need? And then vocalize it because no one's going to do it for you. And you can't be mad about it if you don't vocalize it, (laughs) you know, like, But yeah, choose your people wisely in life because any of their energy and how you feel around them is going to 100% influence you and how you feel about yourself and what you allow in. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, For those um, people that might not be as familiar with home births, can you explain the role of a midwife and the role of a doula? Yeah, because I learned it. I'll probably still get it wrong. So if, I, if they listen to this, I'll be like, sorry. <laughs> um, in, in simple terms, the midwife is the one who is trained and certified to deliver the baby. She goes through all of your prenatal checks, um, depending on, yeah. I mean, some of them can do ultrasounds with the image. Most of them don't. Um, so you just have your little Doppler in it you get to hear the little heartbeat, but she goes through all of the checks. She is, she brings all of the tools that she needs and is trained and equipped to handle emergencies and to know when to call it if you're having that big of an issue. But she's technically the only one who is allowed to deliver your baby. The doula is a beautiful thing. They have doulas for birth and postpartum in case anyone was wondering. Um, And it's, it's like a support system. Like it's the affirmations that you need. And they also know pressure points and 
techniques to get you in better positions to help ease, you know, the discomfort of labor or the pain, you know, um, and so a lot of times they can use oils or they can do little massages or they can put a pressure point on your back that helps take it and release that pain. So they're just basically a support system. And it's nice because it's like this third party and they're just so encouraging. Like, you've got this, you're doing great. And you're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm dying. Just kidding. But like, so yeah. And then the postpartum doulas, since I mentioned it, I'll just plug that in there. There are postpartum doulas that their job is to let you rest and heal, which I believe is beautiful because in today's world, it's like no pain, no gain. You pop out a baby, you better be back at work. Like you better be up and back in your pre-pregnancy pants within three weeks. Like, no, the postpartum doulas come to your home. They change diapers. They take care of the baby until you need to feed and you can snuggle them and whatnot, but they like do everything around the house, which is essentially what communities did before we lacked community, you know? So. Self, get me a postmortem, postmortem, postpartum, <laughs> postmortem. I need a postmortem uh, doula. Uh, no, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. That, that's awesome. Do you want to speak a little bit to your postpartum experience? I know that that's um, uh, postpartum depression is huge and a big thing, but let's speak a little bit about your experience with, with postpartum. What's that been like for you? I mean, my, my husband says that I, I, I'm grumpy. I don't know if I have postpartum depression, but I'm, I'm postpartum grumpy sometimes <laughs> looking <laughs> PPD. PPG. P no, wait, no, PPG. Oh, PPG. PPG. PPG postpartum grumpy. I'm like, can you blame me? Um, yes, push a child through my vagina. Like, it's a, should be allowed to be grumpy. I, I'd be grumpy too. Right? I'm like, that's the biggest thing that's ever going to come out of there. So, um, bless us. Women's bodies are incredible. Postpartum. I, postpartum's interesting. I feel like it's kind of a blur. <laughs> I think I'm just really good at like blocking out discomfort. Um, Healing with my first uh, was a little bit hard. I tore barely at all, which was, I was lucky. Um, I had pretty, I mean, my side effects from the epidural were frustrating. Um, the just low back pain and like singing and stuff. I don't know. I don't feel like I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful to not feel like I have hit the postpartum to blush depression hard or if at all um sometimes it's called the baby blues which is like a step you know it's a it's a lesser version of postpartum depression um I think it was just an adjustment of going I think having children was far it was a far bigger adjustment than actually getting married I mean they did kind of happen back to back so I didn't really have a whole lot of time to adjust to like just simple marriage, you know, um, but adjusting to children in a new marriage was, was interesting and sometimes challenging and to have them so close back to back. I mean, my first two are only 22 months apart. Um, and so that's pretty close. And then Ian came, um, but healing, oh gosh, healing from Ian was a breeze. Like I was, and Ian's your home birth. Mm -hmm. Ian's my yes. home birth. So, I mean, 
usually at postpartum, you bleed. You can bleed anywhere up to, we'll do a long range, a week to six weeks to more. Like it just depends on your trauma and your body and how much, I mean, it's basically just detoxing, right? Um, I bled for several weeks with both of my hospital births. I bled for literally three days with Ian. And it wasn't like, it wasn't heavy bleeding. It was light. And then I was done. And then at like, at the two week mark, I had this huge like hemorrhage of blood for a moment. And then I was done. It was like the fastest that I'd ever healed. I could get up and walk right after, like I said, I showered in the picture that I took like right after having him. I'm like, man, I don't even look tired. You know, I mean, granted, it was only a seven and a half hour labor, but we had been up all day too. So it was like my shortest labor and your body works, but I like had this glow to my skin and I'm like, I felt so good. I felt so good. It was like night and day difference of healing physically. And then I've, I mean, with Ian, I feel like I have just been going through, um, I don't even want to say it's like postpartum. I think I've just been going through such a huge healing process from having my child to not being able to walk for months and years from my, you know, my ankle injury to having Malachi who then to like a couple months after he was born, having ankle surgery to then like still healing to getting pregnant again. Like, I think I've just in general have been going through so much healing that this time around it's been harder because I'm just growing so much. And that whole experience just opened up inside of me so much love, but so much awareness in myself and where I could be better and like, but also how, I don't want to say like special I am, but just like, I, I, I'm aware, like I, God is aware of me and he's innately aware. He's not just like, oh, there she is, you know, like cool, but like he is innately aware aware of me. And so that's made it harder because with any growth, it's hard. It's a whirlwind, but it's beautiful. So, yeah. Great. Um, anything else you'd like to add about your, your experience with home birth, your body, learning to do hard things? Do your research, folks. Don't be naive. (laughs) (laughs) I think in all things in life, give yourself the tools to succeed. Yes, we hate failure. Yes, failure is intimidating. But I think that we would not completely fail or fall flat or lose that desire if we actually gave ourselves the tools to succeed. Failure is still important and it's still good. And you'll still fail even with the tools, but you'll learn a lot more through that failure and through your successes if you give yourself the tools to help you succeed. And my empathy for healing from ankle surgery because <laughs> I I'm like that is not easy. I can only imagine on the childbirth, but I I know a little yeah. I know recovering from surgery is not fun. So yeah, give yourself time with your broken your broken leg. Listen, don't rush. <laughs> Learn from me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, um. As with all of our guests, we always ask our final question is, what do you wish people knew? 
What do I wish people knew? Oh, how do you narrow that down? It can be one thing, 10 things, <clears throat> just whatever. What do you, what do you wish people knew? Oh gosh, I feel like I've already rambled. So people are going to be like, how many things, how much more can she talk forever? Ask Grace, man, Answers my Marcos can get long. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's plus 10 years and going forever. My rambles go. Um, forever and ever. Forever and ever. You'll never stop. Um, you told me you're going to ask this and I knew you're going to ask it because I listened to your podcast. So I should well, have been you. more prepared. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I think there might be one or two, but <clears throat> I'll start with this. I wish people would know that they, that all of them have worth. And it's not just like your net worth when you Google someone like, what is Ariana Grande worth? And like her net worth is this, like you have true worth because of who you are. I don't think we focus on that enough. I don't think we realize it. That is something that I have been walking through for years. And I want people to realize that. And also because that they have worth, I think that they, I, I wish people knew to focus more on their character than their reputation because your reputation is what people perceive of you. It's what they think or who they think you are when your character is who you truly are. So instead of being so concerned of what your reputation is and how people are looking at you and if you're considered the cool person or the fun person or the rude person or just like ranked up in this company, um, focus on your character because that's who you are. And if you realize in your character that you have true worth, I think that you will have so much more peace in your life and with yourself that your reputation isn't going to matter because you know who you are and it doesn't matter what people think. So, yeah. Great advice. Again. Wise words from my dear friend, Lauren. Oh, I mean, I can't really take the credit. I mean, that sounds really wise, but it was also from a sermon in church of, I mean, not, not all of that, not all of that, you know, like I, I gotta be honest. I can't take the credit for things that, I mean, it is something that I've been pondering about, but like the pastor in church on Sunday was like, your character is who you are. Your reputation is who people think you are. And I was like, whoa. And then it spiraled me to like, wow, if we could just sit with ourselves, whether you're a believer in God, whether you're a believer in a higher thing, if you could just sit with yourself and know that you are worthy of love and you have so much worth because, I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself, because God, because God loves me, because Christ loves me. Um, man, you'd be so much less concerned with everyone else around you, you would have so much peace. And I was like, that's a beautiful thing. If only we could 
could you imagine if everyone in the world just like knew who they were and that they were loved and seen how different it would be peace <laughs> right we found, so, we found the solution to world peace we found the solution and don't be so gotta figure out how to implement it right <laughs> through this podcast and through connection not just with people but with god but also through people because god speaks to us through people as well so connection is important i agree well, Lauren, this has been so delightful. And I mean, I've heard this story before and <laughs> I still like, I feel like I still walk away learning more about you as a person and just um, more about myself. And so thank you for sharing your story and being open and vulnerable with us. And especially thank you for your time. I know you've got three boys and, and life is crazy. So I truly appreciate you um, <laughs> giving an hour of your, your time to to share with us your, your experiences. Um, well, that is a wrap on this episode of laws and grace. We have been speaking with Lauren about her experience with a home birth and, and learning about her body and how she can overcome and accomplish and grow. Thanks everybody for joining us and come back next week. Bye. Bye.